0: This morning our scripture comes from the Old Testament, from the book of Psalms. We are gonna be reading the first psalm of praise that is included in the entire Psalter. The words of our scripture reading will be on the screens behind me for you to follow along, or if you've brought a Bible, you are welcome to a follow along there as well. After we read our scripture together, I ask that you would join in affirming the reading today. I'll say this is the word of God for the people of God, and your response is thanks be to God. Hear now these words from the psalmist. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. You made your glory higher than heaven. From the mouths of nursing babies, you have laid a strong foundation because of your foes in order to stop vengeful enemies. When I look up at your skies, at what your fingers made, the moon and the stars, That you set firmly in place? What are human beings that you think about them? What are human beings that you pay attention to them? You've made them only slightly less than divine, crowning them with glory and grandeur. You have let them rule over your handiwork, putting everything under their feet, all sheep. And all cattle, the wild animals too, the birds in the sky, the fish of the ocean, everything that travels the pathways of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. What words of praise ring in this psalm that's attributed to David. How wonderful that we can gather and hear these words in a sanctuary with beautiful, clear windows. I know that some churches have beautifully adorned stained glass windows. I've served with those congregations. But I have to admit I'm a little partial to a window that allows you to see out into God's creation, In God's world, world. remembering that we come in from that place for a moment to stop and praise God as God's people, and then we go back out into that world to serve. How wonderful is God's name throughout the world? This morning, I want to invite us to think about stewardship in a little bit of a different way. Normally, we talk about stewardship as a season where we need to collect estimates of giving for the coming year. We can give you all the practical reasons we do this about forecasting a budget for the next year, and all of that is very, very important. But today, I want us to think of stewardship not as a season, not even as one day when we turn in a pledge card, not even as a pledge card but stewardship as a daily spiritual practice that reminds us over and over again of our connection to God who created everything. Now, I know this is a little bit different than how we hear stewardship or giving talked about in the larger world. In the church, we have stewardship season and pledge cards, but you know there are other organizations that around this time every year ask for gifts to prepare them for the year ahead. You've probably received in the mail things from your alma mater. You've probably gotten things from ministries in the world like March of Dimes or the American Cancer Society. You've heard calls on public radio and public television to be a giver, to give so that the programs can be sustained. You know, I had one friend in ministry who said... I think that churches could get rid of this whole stewardship song and dance where we tell you every good thing we've done if everyone would just become a, quote, sustaining giver. Have you heard that phrase? It's the one that NPR or WABE or Georgia Public Broadcasting uses. They say, come, be a sustaining giver, which means sign up so that your gift is auto-drafted and you sustain them and they don't have to worry about whether the gift is coming Well, that's an interesting idea. If we all just signed up and said we're going to do it every month and it just happened, I guess that might eliminate the need for a, a time where we tell you to turn in a pledge card. But I had another colleague who said something very different. What he said is that he doesn't believe in stewardship as a season. He says when he stands up to preach, he preaches stewardship every Sunday, Now, that's on the opposite end of the spectrum, right? One person saying, we can just get rid of this all together, and the other person is saying, you can't get rid of this. This is everything we do as Christians. And you know, as I serve the church longer, and as I experience more people, and as I see God at work, I have found that I am trending toward the latter. I think that as people of faith, we need to talk about stewardship every time we get together, I actually think we need to practice stewardship not just annually or on Sunday morning when we bring up our offering. I think we need to practice stewardship every single day of our lives. And I think the way that we need to practice it is different than the way we normally talk about it or think of it or see it in the larger world. I think that we need to think of stewardship as our act of praise. And I think a place to look to give us a pattern for how this might take shape in our lives is Psalm 8. Psalm 8, this psalm of praise, uses poetry to set forth a beautiful, symmetrical pattern. And I like beautiful, symmetrical things because they're easy for me to follow. In this psalm, the pattern is roughly something like this. Section A, which is the doxology, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. And then there's section B, where the psalmist names all of the things to praise God for, all of the things in creation, the moon, the stars, everything that God has set in place. And then there's section C, where the psalmist says, "Who, who are we that we should have this goodness in our lives? And then the psalmist goes back into section B and says, but looking around at the world, you have set us to be over creation, And then the psalmist goes back to A. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. I would suggest that this pattern, this A, B, C, B, A pattern of this psalm might be a way that we could shape our practice of giving and stewardship that would bear fruit for us if we practice it every day. And here's how I would suggest we begin. When you open your eyes in the morning, What's the first thing you think? Coffee? If you're like me, I'm not a morning person, so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm awake. <laughs> you might be a morning person, and you might think, yay, I'm awake, but <laughs> that's not where I usually come from in the morning. But when you open your eyes in the morning, is the first thing you do to praise God? Because that's what this psalm says to us. The first thing the psalmist says is a word of praise to God, and not just any word of praise to God, a doxology, a doxology. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. There are other doxologies we could say when we wake up in the morning. We could say, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We could say, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. We just sang those words together. We could say these lines from one of my favorite prayers. New every morning is your love, great God of light. We could even just simply say, thank you, or wow. Wow. Think about that if you started your day first thing and just praise God. Unwarranted, nothing has happened, but your eyes have opened and you are grateful to God for the day ahead. That sort of sets a tone, doesn't it? And how you approach the rest of the day. Suddenly it opens you up to do what the psalmist does next, to look outside, to look around at the people who you encounter, to say, I see God's fingerprints on all of this. I see where God has created this beauty and it fills me with joy. What if every day we wake up, we praise God, and then we take a moment in our day to think about where we see God? I want to invite you to do that right now. If you're joining online, if you have a phone or a pencil and paper, if you are here in the sanctuary in front of you, should be some, hopefully, sort of writing utensil. You have a bulletin. You can get out your smartphone and take a note. I want you to write down three things, just three things today, three places you've seen God, three places to praise God for God's presence. Just take a few seconds and write down three things All right, hopefully everyone's gotten something down. You can keep writing if you're still going and if you get past 3, I know there are probably 3 million or more things we could thank God for today. Places God has been present to us. But look at what you've written down or are writing down. Just like look at the words and take that in. Those 3 things. Those things, those places where you've seen God at work, that is God's presence to you. And looking outside, that creation, that's God's creation for you. Because God loves you. God loves us. God desires for us to be happy. God sent God's only son, right? The scripture tells us. For us, for our joy, for our goodness, God shares all of this good creation. Can you just let that seep into your heart right now? overwhelming that the God of all creation, the God who set the stars in the sky, cares about me, you, us, the world. Can you understand how the psalmist moved from seeing God in all of creation to say, who am I? I mean, look at that list. Who are we that God would show such goodness to us? Such goodness that we wrote down in three things, but could write down as many as the stars that number the sky. The psalmist says, what are human beings that you think about them? What are human beings that you pay attention to them? We are all one small piece of God's creation, right? And if you look at scripture, you'll see that the relationship between humanity and God is not always perfect, (laughs) mostly on the human end of things. Human beings, over and over again, choose directions that God would not have them go. They fall into sin. They hurt one another. They hurt God's creation. And yet, God's goodness is upon us. God, who is the source of everything, gives us majestic mountains, flowing streams, grain which feeds us, fruit of the vine which nourishes us. God gives us wisdom God gives us wisdom for medical knowledge that heals us and ingenuity that creates ease in our lives. All of these things, gifts for us to receive. All of this creation given. And God says that humans will have dominion over it. Who are we that we should have that blessing? From this place, The psalmist finds deep humility. You'll notice that the psalmist in this section, this C section right smack dab in the middle doesn't say, God, you are wonderful. God, your creation is wonderful. God, I am wonderful. No. The psalmist says, God, you are wonderful. Your creation is wonderful. Who am I? This is a place of deep humility. Because when you start with praise and you see God's fingerprints on everything around you, the only response is to feel humbled before that magnitude of love. But then the psalmist looks again out onto God's handiwork and realizes from that place of humility that there is a place for all of us, a place for the psalmist, a place for me, a place for you to serve within God's creation. The psalmist says, you've made them only slightly less than divine, crowning them with glory and grandeur. You've let them rule over your handiwork. I'm sorry, my microphone's having a little... There we go. You've let them rule over your handiwork. In other words, God's good creation is all around us, and God has invited us to be a part of that work. You've made a list of three places you have seen God today, three places of praise where you are joyful and joyous that you've seen God. And I want you to take that list and look at it. And next to it, I want you to write another list of three things. I want you to write three places where you see God calling you. So think about your day, think about the creation that is outside, think about this community gathered here, and write down three places God is calling you. Can you start to see how this flow of this psalm and the flow of our own lives might become similar? This pattern of praise, seeing God, feeling humbled, seeing our place in God's creation. This is what the act of giving can do for us. It can call us to see that there's something at work in the world that is bigger than any one person. To see that what is at work in the world is God. And to look at all of the goodness God is doing in the world and ask, where can I serve? God, I am your disciple. Put me to work. And just like the psalmist, we find ourselves as soon as we take in all of that saying, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth? We praise God because of God's goodness that we can point to and the invitation that God gives us to be a part of it. And I know that it seems really obvious, but if we take this pattern of praise and apply it to how we approach our stewardship of our lives and the time and the talents and the gifts that we've been given, we start to approach our life in a different way. When giving is praise, we're not giving because of any particular person we may like. We're not giving because of any project we have a fondness for. We're not giving because of any particular ministry. We are giving to God and God alone. Because remember, as the psalm shows us, God is the source of everything, And because our gifts point us towards God, we have this beautiful moment where we can release control, where we can let go of our human tendency to need to control and direct everything in the life and just set our gifts aside for God's goodness and God's glory. I have to tell you that in my own life, I can be guilty of wanting to micromanage God. You ever felt that way? I like to micromanage my family. I like to keep everything in line. I like to get everything set up. And when I come to give my gift to God, I already have in mind what I think I would like to happen with that. I've seen this play out in committee meetings. We all come to the table and we've solved the problem already in our head, right? (laughs) Right? But then we get in there and the Holy Spirit starts moving and conversation starts happening and the gifted people who have gathered around the table offer the wisdom that they have. And it might turn out that at the end of that meeting, I don't get things my way. I might have come in thinking this is right or this is the way things are done. But then God comes into the midst of it and reminds me to let go. And that in releasing my control, God will do what God needs to do with that meeting and with the ministry and with the church. Because I don't give my gifts to get my way, I give my gifts to God so that God can help me let go of my sin of pride, of my need to control. And if giving becomes an act of praise somehow we're better able to let go of that confusion or frustration or disappointment. Somehow we're able to sit in the present moment and be content and look forward with hope instead of looking back with regret. Because we know that what God asked for us in our giving is to turn to God, to respond to God's goodness, and to let God take care of the rest. I know in the short term that sounds really difficult because we're not programmed that way in the world. We're not taught that in the world around us. But in the church, we see over and over again how giving is tied to sacrifice and how we are called to be in ourselves a sacrifice of praise to God, the writer of Hebrews says which means that it's not always going to be easy, (laughs) and it's probably going to rub up against something inside of us that might send us in a different direction. But if we can practice stewardship as an act of praise, we will begin to shift our lens from what I want to what God wants, from what I need to what we need. And we begin to see that it is not our job to influence the world around us. Rather, it is our job to come humbly before God, our creator, and offer what we have, even our very selves, to the vision that God cast before us. It is just like the theme for the sermons this month and for our time of stewardship, when we can offer ourselves in praise When we can think of stewardship and giving as an act of praise, we truly do move forward with God together. Because we all come together before God in praise, seeking where God would have us go. Next week in worship, we have a wonderful day planned of celebration. We will be coming together as a church at one service, at one time, 10 a.m., and we will be out on the front lawn in God's creation, feeling the sun that God set in the heavens upon our skin. And we will be praising God through music. And we will be watching as our third graders receive their Bibles. And we will be invited to be a part of the work that God is doing. We will be invited to consecrate a portion of what we have for God's church. That word consecrate is intentionally chosen. It doesn't just mean give or give in a fancy way or put on an altar. To consecrate something literally means to set it aside for a holy purpose. Just like we consecrate bread and juice to set it aside for the purpose of the Eucharist we consecrate a portion of what we bring to God. Some of our gifts, our time, our talents for God's holy purpose. So I hope in the week ahead, as you prayerfully consider, as you praisefully consider how God is calling you in the next year, I hope you will spend some time reading Psalm 8. I hope you will think about how you might pattern a practice of giving after this psalm. And I pray that you will think about how you can set gifts aside for God in the coming year. Not for any particular purpose, except for in praise of God. Not for any person, but for God alone. So I ask you this morning... As we sit here and ponder God's goodness, how will you choose in your life stewardship as an act of praise? And how will you use it to help you practice humility? Let us pray. Gracious God, creator of all things, you have brought us together in a time of worship, that we might ponder your goodness, that we might look around us and not only see your creation, but see you and every person gathered here. God, we want to serve you, and we want to praise you, because we don't know what else to do when faced with the goodness that you have given us. All we know to do is to return to you in praise and thanksgiving. All we know to do is to bask in your love and then seek to take that love out into the world. God, thank you for this time of worship, for the beautiful music, for the words of your scripture, for the ways that you have pointed us towards you God, may our very lives be a sacrifice of praise for you, that all that we say and all that we do may reflect your goodness and your love. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.